A couple things I'd like to go over in the budget. Uh, now, uh, the way I see it, we need $650 million. Now, some of this can be done, uh, it seems to me, through some simple changes in our cash management. Uh, for example, uh, according to the OMB, we've got uh, 17 defense contractors who are delinquent in their contracts. Uh, is this true, Frank? Uh, I believe so, yes. So even though they're late, we keep paying them on time? Uh, well, in a sense, yeah. Okay, now, instead of giving them money for something they haven't finished, we could hold back that cash, stick it in even an ordinary savings account. We'd be making $23 million a month in interest. Well, technically that's true, but... Uh, oh. I mean, I suppose it's true. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that's 23 million times 12 months. Okay, good. The Commerce Department. Yes, Mr. President? Uh, you're spending $47 million on an ad campaign to boost consumer confidence in the American auto industry. Yes, sir. Uh, well, you see, it's designed to bolster individual uh, confidence in a previous domestic automotive purchase. So we're spending $47 million so that somebody can feel better about a car that they've already bought? Yes, sir, but I wouldn't characterize that way. No, no, I'm sure that's important, but I don't want to tell some eight-year-old kid that he's got to sleep in the street because we want people to feel better about their car. and welcome to the main event. Yeah, if you've probably heard that scene about, I don't know, 20 times since I've been on the air, that scene from the movie Dave, it should, uh, for some of you that didn't understand some of the stuff that happened in the debate this past week, when you had a, uh, a politician trying to argue economics with a businessman, uh, there's some, some, that scene kind of simplifies it pretty well, you know, uh, why do we pay contractors when they haven't finished their job? I don't know. Maybe that's part of the the Trump stiffed all these people. He built his built his business stiffing people. Hey, you know what? If you don't finish your job, you don't get that last payment. So anyway, some common sense that apparently uh, many people in our American voting public uh, don't understand. They just hear the sound bites and uh, you know, hey, it was on Monday. It's probably mo probably Monday Night Football was up against that. Was it? Okay, so up against Monday Night Football. So those of you who don't understand it, we're watching football and you don't care anyway, you're just going to vote for Clinton. So uh, unless you listen to this and we talk some uh, some some uh, common sense into your head. So anyway, we're going to talk about the budget, or the budget, the debate. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but first let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in the city of Moreno Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona. If you're interested in getting in, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, buying, refinancing, reverse mortgage, just any of that they're all out there and you need financing call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time day or night toll free area code 855-640-2020 if you want to get with get in touch with me but you don't want to talk on the phone 
because you don't want me to know what your voice sounds like until you know I say, yeah, you qualify. Go to edhoffman.net, click on uh, apply now, fill in as much information as you want me to have and let me know how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my uh, teammates, Matt Bradbury, Cody Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, Eric Marquez, and uh, we'll contact you in any form that you deem appropriate. Texts, smoke signals, emails, uh, telephones, home phone, cell phone, your shoe phone, however you want to do it. Uh, if you hear something you want repeated, you can get the replay of this show on edhoffman.net as well. Click on listen to the main event. You'll hear this show as well as several past shows. And uh, you can also get my podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes and search Ed Hoffman or search the main event. And uh, you'll see you'll see my podcast and you can click on subscribe and it'll, and it'll download to your, uh, to your device, your iPad, your iPod, your iPhone, your, your droid, your computer, whatever you listen to uh, podcasts on. And, uh, you can listen to it whenever it's convenient. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current events all week long. You can like our show on Facebook, just Facebook search the main event 590 to find the show page and, uh, look for our blog, our new blog on edhoffman.net. Uh, where my opinion columns are about to start showing up at Hoffman.net, there will be a news uh, a news page on there, or a blog page, or however whatever they do. I'm told that's where I'm gonna start putting my opinions on, um, because it's a blog. I don't really know much of what that means, but I know that people say what they got to say, and some people comment on it, or something like that. You know, I just turned 55, so I'm old. Um, so in the meantime, meantime, uh, be sure to connect with the show on social media. So let's get to it, and uh, and as often I do, I have uh, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, the, one of the top 100 uh, bike shops in the country. Although there's really two of them. There is Rialto and Redlands, Ed. So that's really that's your that's like being in the top 50, huh? <laughs> sort of, kind of. You know what, Ed? I got to stop you right there. We have actually a special message from an in-studio guest for you. This is Donald Trump with a very, very special message for an incredible guy. I mean, a really great guy. And I'm talking about Ed Hoffman. I know some great people, and Ed is. He's great people. I mean, he's really a great person. The mortgages are unbelievable. The guy knows business. I mean, he's like a savvy business guy, not like one of these political hacks. The guy knows how to do deals. And I never miss the main event on KTIE. Every weekend, it's the main event and the art of the deal. They're really, the one doesn't go without the other. You're really incredible, Ed. And thanks for all the great work you do. You're huge. Really, truly incredible. <laughs> nice. Happy birthday, Ed. I didn't even know about that. Yes. Shocking. <laughs> that was huge, man. That was huge. <laughs> that was huge. Hey, the Donald and me, we're, we're buddies, man. We're buddies. That's right. I call him by his nickname, uh, <laughs> sir. Uh, so, uh... Although, you know, we did see him uh, speak live and uh, they picked out pretty girls from the uh, audience to ask him questions at the, at, the, uh, at the question and answer period and they grabbed Dawn, had her ask him the first question. Well, there you go. I was going to say, well, obviously we, we saw the debate on uh, Monday and it's kind of, oh, by the way, I got to say, you know, the only thing missing from Hillary Clinton's outfit is that little Star Trek symbol. And I don't know, does it go on the right or the I'm, left. I'm not sure. I've never really been a Trekkie. I know it's well, kind of a triangular shape. Yeah, well, actually, well, come to think of it, she actually looks more like a Klingon now that I think about it. And you know, my my favorite pantsuit, though, of Hillary's is that yellow one, because that makes her look like a big mustard bottle. <laughs> nice. You say uh, a liar, liar, pantsuit on fire? Exactly. Exactly. Yep, there was a lot of that going on in, during the debate. Yep. 
So uh, their first, like you said, uh, first debate was Monday night, Hofstra University in New York, um, where I was surprised they were interviewing people on Fox and people were saying, uh, they were interviewing interviewing kids. Where are you from and who are you voting for? I'm from Pennsylvania, Trump. I'm from New York, Trump. I'm from Florida, Trump. I'm from North Carolina, Trump. And then one person goes, I'm from such and such, Hillary. And, and then they just went on. Everybody was Trump except for Hillary. So you know what? I just wonder about are the are the uh, the polls really that accurate? Well, it's difficult to say. And really, it seems like the post debate polls seem kind of unchanged. They didn't seem to really have made much of a difference one way or the other. Uh, you know, and, and we'll talk about the highs and lows of this debate, obviously, for the next hour. I think I think for me, if you if you listening out there are kind of like Ed and I and you were sort of hoping for this big knockout punch where Donald Trump was going to get rid of this annoying little yard gnome that the Democrat Party has nominated as their candidate. It didn't happen, Ed. No, nope, it, it didn't. didn't happen. We were waiting for it. We were yep. hoping for it. Yep. But, I th- but I think a lot of the of the uh, of the undecided voters were just I think I think Trump was concentrated on and what he prepared for i don't think he prepared that much but i think they had him focused on don't let her tick you off and lose your cool and he was trying to stay cool the whole time but he wasn't focused on what she was saying and some uh, underhand pitches she was throwing him that she could knock out of the park well, yeah, and I think I think it's fair to say that okay. I mean, I had people were texting me, you know, uh, Donald Trump lost, and I, I think that I think the point is Donald Trump didn't didn't win, but he didn't really lose either. I'd say if you look at the whole thing collectively, it's probably like a wash. Yeah, he uh, he was like he, like we we discussed a little earlier. If you if you only watched the first half hour, Trump won hands down. Oh yeah, and and they they will admit that too. I said, look, if this debate stopped after the first thirty minutes, you would say that that he killed her. But then it kind of slid downhill the remaining 45. Yep. I would. Uh, and then then they got him off off track. Yep. Off track on some idiotic stuff. And he should have just said, well, he should have pulled a Newt Gingrich. Why are we even talking about this? Yep. And uh, so they divided they divided the the 90 minute debate debate into three segments. Moderator Lester Holt opened each segment with a question after each, after which each candidate had two minutes to respond. And then the other candidate had one minute to address the topic further if necessary. Although the three segments were were titled America's Direction, Achieving Prosperity, and Security of America. Did you hear anything about a security of America? Oh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit about ISIS. Yeah, like maybe one sentence. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Uh, achieving Prosperity. What's America's I don't think they really clearly had any—I had any, uh, don't think there was any direction. The economy was, uh, consisted, uh, was a consistent thread throughout the entire debate. Um— let me let's let me play a couple of pieces of this clip with how Hillary opened it. First, we have to build an economy that works for everyone, not just those at the top. That means we need new jobs, good jobs with rising incomes. I want us to invest in you. I want us to invest in your future. That means jobs in infrastructure, in advanced manufacturing, in innovation and technology, clean renewable energy and small business, because most of the new jobs will come from small business. Yeah, she's a big she's a big uh, supporter of small business. You know, it happened again, and my eyes just glazed over, and that was only a short clip of hers. Why do I stop listening like halfway into these? Because it's all just it's just BS. Okay. It's hard to see through it. All right. But then after she tells how she's gonna create all these jobs and we're gonna support all this stuff and and uh, manufacturing jobs and clean renewable energy, like does anybody remember Solyndra? Sounds kind of like a female voice version of what Obama said eight years ago. Then listen to the next part of the sentence. We also have to make the economy fairer. That starts with raising the national minimum wage. 
and also guarantee, finally, equal pay for women's work. I also want to see more companies do profit sharing. If you help create the profits, you should be able to share in them, not just the executives at the top. And I want us to do more to support people who are struggling to balance family and work. I've heard from so many of you about the difficult choices you face and the stresses that you're under. So let's have paid family leave, earn sick days. Let's be sure we have affordable childcare and debt-free college. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it by having the wealthy pay their fair share. Yeah, that's uh, that just makes you feel good all under, huh? So, you know, she wants to increase the... So first, let's support small business. And how are we going to do that? We're going to increase minimum wage, equal pay for women... And then it's not fair if you don't share the profits with the employees because it's not just the people that own the business and the top executives that should be getting a share of that. We yeah, should- the people that actually take the risk by establishing the businesses in the first place. Uh, yeah, minimum wage is going up, in case you don't know, to $15 in California, which is going to be devastating for this state. Um, it, it, the whole thing is just wealth redistribution all over again. I think you actually said it best. Uh, employers do actually share in profits. It's called a paycheck. Exactly. And uh, you know what? And you know how the free market works is the the most valuable employees get raises. That's why, you know, these, these minimum wage jobs, these McDonald's jobs are where high school kids start and they show a little ambition and somebody walks into them and say, Hey, I like the way you work. Uh, you ever think about changing jobs? And I don't know how many, how many jobs you've been offered, uh, when you're working hard at a low paying job when you're a kid, or if you've ever, uh, nabbed somebody from, you're shopping in Nordstrom's or you're shopping at a store. Or I remember uh, grabbing a guy, we were shopping for new doors in our house. And, and the guy, I thought he was just awesome. The way he just, his, his people skills. And I offered him a job. You liked his attitude. I liked his attitude. Yep. I liked yep. his work ethic. And just, he just had, he, he had something. I say, Hey, you want to change careers? I don't know how much you're making here, but there's lots of money to be made in the mortgage business. And really the hardest part of the mortgage business is just having some people skills. Right. And that is the thing I recognize about potential employees. The first thing I look at is their attitude. So what we're saying is the government's going to artificially control what people make, whether you're great and you have a wonderful attitude or whether you suck. It's all going to be the same. And and all the raising the minimum wage, if you want to do it nationally to 50, why don't you just make it 20 bucks an hour, Hillary? Go ahead and make it 20 bucks an hour. How about 100 grand a year? Maybe that should be the new minimum wage. The point is that anytime you artificially do this, all it's going to do is two things, create more unemployment, and it's also going to create inflation because businesses want to survive. Exactly. Then she wants to pay people for for not coming to work. We need to have more. We need to balance your personal life with your business life. So we need to give paid time off. That's how you make America great again is pay people to stay home. And uh, and then debt-free college. Don't forget that. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know exactly. Just I'm, say free. What is debt-free, free? I don't... Quite frankly, this is my this is my take on it. College is a ripoff. Right. You don't need to go to college to get any about anything. You know, they should have they should have schools for doctors. Hey, this is what you need to learn how to be a doctor. And it has science and it has that kind of stuff. And or here's if you're going to be a lawyer and then trade schools and everything else you can get on the Internet. Well, if you want to go to philosophy school, I guess you can, but you got to pay for it. You should go to falafel school, <laughs> falafel school. You just learn how to eat falafels. What are falafels? Um, it's I, I have no idea. Is that a pastry? Is that like a combination of a waffle and a, a pastry? I don't know. I know it could be. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds uh, it sounds Greek. Okay. 
And uh, but here's here's another clip. What's interesting is is uh, the clip. Of, did I put this clip here? The Hillary on women part. What she's taught. What she's what she's uh, uh, what her suggestions are for women in the workplace. This is a man who has Never said should. pregnancy is an inconvenience to employers who has said, said women don't deserve equal pay unless they do as good a job as Didn't men. I don't know. Uh, as an employer of lots of women, uh, and now today that the women get like two months off before they before they have their baby and they get like they can keep stretching out the Family Leave Act, um, and then they can take their husbands with them, and their husbands can take time off. I guess it's paternity leave. Um, to me... It's a big inconvenience because I got to hold their jobs open, and uh, and I have 150 or 160 employees now. Um, I can't imagine small small companies. You have how many employees? Scott? I have 20, and you have 20. So yep. so if one of your key one of your key guys has to go out for two months because wife just had a baby. Uh, yeah, it's not easy. And you know, look, I want people to have kids, especially Republicans. We need more Republican kids. They grew up to be Republicans, at least. Um, but yeah, and coming back to this idea that women don't make as much as men do, if there's a position, you don't automatically make less in the same position because you're female versus male. That's just a myth. You know, it's not like if you're a high school teacher for English, oh, I'm sorry, you're female, we get to pay you less. That's just that's just garbage. Exactly. And, uh, you know, he thinks they should they should have to do the same job as a man to get the equal pay. Or as good of a job. It's good of a... That's, hey, it's... Sir. the you know what? There's some things that women do better than men, and there's some things that men do better than women. And if and if a woman wants the same job and the and the same pay, she needs to do the same the same performance. Yep. But that's just me. I'm not as smart as Hillary Clinton because I'm not a politician, but I do run a business uh, f- uh, fairly successfully. So uh, there was a whole bunch of back and forth that went between uh, Trump and Clinton. Let's play a little bit of it. You have to judge us. Who can shoulder the immense, awesome responsibilities of the presidency? You've been doing this for 30 years. Why are you just thinking about these solutions right now? I know how to really work to get new jobs and to get exports that help to create more new jobs. Right, well, you haven't done it in 30 years or 26 years. Well, any I, number you I've want been to a do. senator. You haven't Donald, done it. And you haven't I done have it. been a and secretary of state. And I have Your done husband signed NAFTA, which was one of the worst things that ever happened. Well, to that's the manufacturer. your opinion. Well, you know what? Hillary, Hillary knows how to create jobs. Uh, she took this opportunity to say that Trump embraces trickle-down economics, which we'll talk about in a minute. Policy made famous by Ronald Reagan, and she wants people to believe that it, that, that method only favors the rich. And the kind of plan that Donald has put forth would be trickle-down economics all over again. In fact, it would be the most extreme version, the biggest tax cuts for uh, the top percent of the people in this country that we've ever had. I call it trumped up trickle down because that's exactly what it would be you know donald uh, was very fortunate in his life and that's all to his benefit uh, he started his business with 14 million dollars borrowed from his father and he really believes that the more you help wealthy people the better off we'll be and that everything will work out from there i don't buy that well let me let me uh, just uh, cut this thing in two the trickle down and the Trump's uh, borrowing money from his father. What is trickle down economics? Another word for it is capitalism. Yeah, and I don't even know what trickle up economic. What's what's the what's the alternative? We should put our we should invest in the middle class. So how do you how do the take uh, taxpayers' money and start at the middle class? 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is no middle class without somebody above that that creates the wealth and the jobs and the opportunities and careers for people. It's kind of like I'm an entrepreneur. I take a risk. I'm going to succeed or, or I'm going to fail. If I succeed, that means I can employ people underneath me and pay them. I guess that's what they call trickle down economics. As you said, I call it capitalism or just common exactly. sense. What's what's works. Exactly. And, and what people don't understand is when you employ people, you get to get paid last. You get to start early. You you stay the latest and you get to pay get paid last. If there's not I will tell you that at my company when the mortgage meltdown happened in 2008, I went 35 months without a paycheck. Wow. To make sure that all my people got paid so we stayed in business. 35 months no paycheck. Still worked 50-60 hours a week to make sure we kept our doors open, but I went 35 months without a paycheck. So, you know, in your shop in your shop, you're you're paying all your 20 employees, and if there's enough profit, you get to you get to give yourself a paycheck. And I don't even have to know the financials of your business to know that's how it works. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. This is and look and without, I mean, it all comes back to Hillary's is the candidate of the Socialist Party. But guess what? Without capitalism, there is no socialism. Somebody's got to pay for all this stuff. Somebody's got to pay for the the debt free education, for the maternity leave, for the roads, the bridges, the cops, the firefight, everything else. The money you know, comes from somewhere. And we don't. And the tax money comes from us working our jobs and working our jobs, running our businesses, and paying the taxes. And that's how they do that. How they spend it depends on how we vote on November eighth. The other thing she mentioned was Trump got a got a loan from his uh, got a loan from his father, and he turned it into a big business. Guess what? He didn't get a loan from the government. Yep. He got a loan from his father and started turned it into something. That's not something that he needs to be ashamed of. That's something you know. I hope that I hope that uh, you know we all hope that we can we can help our kids to make it without having to use government assistance or ever have to borrow money or you know here here here's some money to get started. That's what we do. That's what parent. That's what we do as as parents. Is we, it's not our it's not our job to be friends with our kids. It's our job to create to turn them into responsible adults. And uh, and then Trump's Trump's uh, plan that we didn't cut any clips from. He wants to cut the corporate corporate tax rate from thirty five to fifteen. So imagine. Let's just use easy numbers. You have a company that makes a million dollars profit a year. You just got two hundred thousand dollars less in taxes. What does that mean? Well, the, the theory is that if you have an intelligent person that's intelligent enough to generate a hundred million dollars or a million dollars in profit, that they'll probably, probably take some of, that, some of that money and reinvest it in the company, hire somebody, spend it on infrastructure stuff or equipment or whatever kind of business you have. That's kind of the theory, you know, duh, as opposed to what? Throwing it into a government rat hole and it just gets wasted. Exactly. Two hundred, But $200,000 a year, that's four $50,000 a year employees. Yep. And that helps you produce more and make more profit. And then they pay taxes. Then you make even more profit. Save that 20% on the new profit. And you hire even more people. That's how growth happens, folks. It's not that hard to understand. You don't have to be Hillary Clinton to understand it. So Trump not only defended himself against Hillary, he also showed everyone that he's a much better grasp on economic policies than she does. My father uh, gave me a very small loan in 1975, and I built it into a company that's worth many, many billions of dollars with some of the greatest assets in the world. And I say that only because that's the kind of thinking that our country needs. Our country's in deep trouble. We don't know what we're doing when it comes to devaluations and all of these countries all over the world, especially China. They're the, the best, the best ever at it. What they're doing to us is a very, very sad thing. So we have to do that. We have to renegotiate our trade deals. And let's they're taking our jobs they're giving incentives they're doing things that frankly we don't do 
And uh, he even incorporated Mexico into his answer, which uh, might be shocking to people who are used to hearing Trump is only concerned about uh, Mexico as an immigration threat. Let me give you the example of Mexico. They have a VAT tax. We're in a different system. When we sell into Mexico, there's a tax. When they sell in automatic, 16% approximately. When they sell into us, there's no tax. It's a defective agreement. It's been defective for a long time, many years, but the politicians haven't done anything about it. Hey, for those of you who don't know what a VAT tax, that's a value-added tax, uh, which is a little extra, a little extra something that when we sell stuff into uh, into uh, into Mexico, we sell stuff that was manufactured here in Mexico. They charge 16% on top of it. But then when our companies move to Mexico and ship it back here, um, they create they took the jobs down there and we don't tax them for it. But anyway, we're uh, we're about a quarter of the way through our uh, through our agenda and halfway through our show. So uh, stay tuned for five minutes of commercials and weather and traffic. And we'll be right back with part two of the main event. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk a lot about mortgages or real estate financing, but if you need some and you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, assuming that you hear from what you hear, you assume that I think like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. In the studio with me, as uh, as often I do, uh, my uh, my co-pilot Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes, back in the house, Ed, and uh, we're talking about the debate. We're talking about the yep. debate. We were just in the middle of uh, the economic part uh, between uh, Hillary Hillary and uh, and uh, Trump, and uh, you know after after there for those of you that just to bring you guys back up to speed, if you didn't hear part one, um, but Hillary brought brought everything back to trickle down. And then in the true Democrat fashion, she threw out a bunch of vague populist ideas she's in favor. And listen how Trump shoots them down. Trickle down did not work. It got us into the mess we were in in 2008 and 9. Slashing taxes on the wealthy hasn't worked. And a lot of really smart, wealthy people know that. And they are saying, hey, we need to do more to make the contributions we should be making to rebuild the middle class. I don't think top-down works in America. I think building the middle class, investing in the middle class, making college debt-free so more young people can get their education, helping people refinance their tax, their, their debt from college at a lower rate. Those are the kinds of things that will really boost the economy. Broad-based, inclusive growth is what we need in America, not more advantages for people at the very top. Mr. Trump, typical politician, all talk, no action, sounds good, doesn't work, never going to happen. Our country is suffering. Amazing. That was probably one of his best responses of the evening. He pretty much just took her down on that one, Ed. Exactly. But uh, let me just uh, let me just say, trickle down does work. I mean, this started in the Reagan era when he when he dropped the top tax rate from seventy two percent down to twenty eight percent. It does work. It does put people to work. Put put people back to work. The two thousand eight uh, economic meltdown had nothing to do with trickle down economics. Had to do with subprime mortgages, which started with a thing called uh, the uh, affordable commu- care affordable the community house? reinvestment no, act. Community reinvestment that started in the affordable Demo- care act. Sorry, the Democrat Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, and uh, then uh, was shot up with steroids under uh, Bill Clinton, and uh, then we just decided to push as much uh, p- as many people that couldn't afford houses 
because they're not mentally or emotionally capable of making payments on time into houses. And it's just, hey, you know what? If at first, uh, you know, people don't qualify, lower the bar. So, uh, and then she said, hey, you know what? We got to help people uh, deal with their debt for college. You know what? When I went to college, I, my, you know, my dad made, made uh, the, one, the one year he made money was the year that I had to qualify to see if I could get financial assistance. So I didn't get to go to where I wanted to go to UCLA. And uh, I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach. And guess what? How I paid for it? I worked. I worked and I paid for it. And you know what? If you can't, and this is how America should be. If you can't afford to go to USC, you don't go to USC. Because a, a degree from USC is worth the same, same thing as a degree from Cal State Long Beach. Or Cal State San Bernardino, or Cal State LA, or Cal State. You know, the cheap, if you can't afford expensive college, don't go to expensive college. And when if there's not enough people getting free money from the government to go there, the college costs will come down. It's called the free market. It's called supply and demand. If people can't afford it, they won't sell any of it. They don't sell any of it. You know, I tell people when they're selling their houses, every house sells if you price it right. You know, nothing sits on the market forever and just doesn't sell. You know, if you if it sits on the market, you're not getting any offers on your house, it's because you got it priced too high. When you have it priced right, it will sell. So that's just a little uh, common sense that I thought I'd share with everybody. So in recent weeks, uh, so then we get to the, the moderator bias. In recent weeks, NBC's Matt Lauer and Jimmy Fallon have both been criticized for being too nice to Donald Trump. So naturally, I think uh, Donald let uh, Jimmy Fallon mess up his hair right on uh, right on TV. Uh, so naturally, so naturally, the pressure was on for uh, NBC Nightly News Lester Holt to be tough on Trump and soft on Hillary, according to the Washington Post and other sources. Holt is actually a registered Republican. Regardless, some believe it was that he was biased against Trump during the debate, as we thought so too. Let's hear uh, let's hear some examples. How do you bring back, specifically bring back jobs, American manufacturers? How do you make them bring the jobs back? The IRS says a audit of your taxes, uh, it's, you're perfectly free to release uh, your taxes during an audit. The birth certificate was produced in 2011. You continued to tell the story and question the president's legitimacy in 2012, 13, 14, 15, yeah. as recently as January. So the question is, what changed your well, mind? No yeah, well, obviously the questions were loaded. They spent way too much talking about birther issues, tax returns, um, and whether or not you've paid the guy that hung the drapes in one of your hotels. A lot of stupid stuff, and unfortunately Trump couldn't get out of those things fast enough. There was a lot of wasted time on dumb issues that nobody cares about. Yeah, I think he was more focused on not losing his cool and not as opposed to waiting for opportunities to to hit that hit that pitch out of the park. The editor of The Federalist, uh, Ben Dominic, uh, is one of the people saying that there was clear bias. Went after Donald Trump with much tougher questions than the ones that he put to Hillary Clinton. I mean, the fact is we didn't see Hillary have to answer any questions about her policy as it relates to Libya, to Iraq, to Syria, the Russian reset, the Clinton Global Foundation, the deception related to uh, her health, and uh, of course, her handling of classified information. None of those were things that Lester Holt brought up to her. Now nah, he didn't, and he thought he thought maybe it was uh, Trump's responsibility to bring those things up, as do we. Question he asked her that was at all tough about her emails was simply, you know, uh, Madam Secretary, you know, Mr. Trump has brought up this subject. What's your response? I, I think that the real issue there, though, is one where we have to say it's up to Donald Trump in that mm -hmm. instance to bring up those subjects. If the moderator isn't going to do it, then the other candidate needs to be there and be ready to make those issues at the center of the debate. 
Right. And one thing I want to say, too, that the biggest blow it that I think we'll all agree on is when the topic of cybersecurity came up and, and I'm thinking and I even said to you, you're sitting right next to me. I go, there's the pitch. And he didn't even swing. I mean, it was like the, the it was on a silver platter right for Donald Trump. All he had to do is look at Hillary and say, you know, I can't believe this. Listening to you lecture us on cybersecurity is like listening to your husband, Bill, lecture us on how to prevent sexual harassment in the workplace. That would have knocked it out of the park. That, would, ha- that would have. Yes. Hey, cybersecurity. You know, hey, 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 you know what? Maybe maybe the we can start with not having the secretary of state getting getting uh, her personally, her 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 confidential emails on a personal server that's not secure. I mean, cybersecurity throughout the world, what is probably the, other than the president of the United States, secretary of state has to get the the most deadly, uh, you know, uh, confidential classified information than anybody else in the country. I mean, there could be people dead right now for all we know because of those secrets that were hacked into. Who, who knows? Who knows? But it was hugely irresponsible. Uh, Trump kind of dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm hoping that he uh, learns his lesson and and comes back with a vengeance. I suspect he will. Well, cause... the good news is he's got two more opportunities to do it, and I think he will learn from these from this situation. Uh, I remember Newt Gingrich saying this guy as he started. He said, "I've never seen a politi- anybody get into politics and learn and and change as fast as he has." So uh, the economy took up a big chunk of the debate. And let's go through some other topics now. When the discussion got around to fighting ISIS, Trump called Hillary out for her revealing her entire strategy online. She's telling us how to fight ISIS. Just go to her website. She tells you how to fight ISIS on her website. I don't think General Douglas MacArthur would like that right, too the much. Next, the, next, the next segment, we're continuing well, the subject. Well, at least I have a plan to fight ISIS. No, no, you're telling the enemy everything you want to do. No, we're not. See, you're no, telling the not. enemy everything we you want to do. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> I thought, oh, at least I have a plan. <laughs> she was, I, I don't know that, you know what? Trump missed some opportunities, but he looked presidential. Right. And and that may be what a lot of people will come away with from this debate. It's not so much, it's not so much what you said, but your overall presence. And when I think about the contrast between these two, where did Trump potentially win? It's it's because he seems more real and she seems more like a cyborg. Yeah, and she's and and just her little giggling, oh, I guess he's gonna try and blame everything on me. Oh, oh. And then she the one time she did her little shimmy with her shoulders. <laughs> she, this is not presidential. Not presidential at all, and of course, uh, Hillary wanted to outline all she, all she, all the reasons she believes that Trump hasn't released his tax returns. Ask yourself, why won't he release his tax returns? And I think there may be a couple of reasons. First, maybe he's not as rich as he says he is. Second, maybe he's not as charitable as he claims to be. Third, we don't know all of his business dealings, but. We have been told through investigative reporting that he owes about $650 million to Wall Street and foreign banks. Or maybe he doesn't want the American people, all of you watching tonight, to know that he's paid nothing in federal taxes because the only years that anybody's ever seen were a couple of years when he had to turn them over to state authorities when he was trying to get a casino license and they showed he didn't pay any federal income tax. You know, do we, do we care how rich Trump is? No, not really. And if you're worth $9 billion, probably having $650 million in liabilities probably isn't a big deal. Yeah, it's probably no big... I mean, I don't, I don't know how much total debt I have, but it's probably around mm, $3 million. 
four million maybe, but it's all against real estate and it's all it's all it's profitable debt. In other it's words, all, it's you've leveraged that to create income. Yeah, I mean, if you're worth nine billion, that's like that's like owning that's like owning a hundred thousand dollar house that you owe ten thousand on. Right, and I also don't see how anybody can be in his stature and not pay any taxes. I mean, I don't I don't think that's even possible. I think it's BS. Here's Trust the, me, he's paying here, somewhere. Here's the question I want to know: How you went in sixteen years? You went from well, when we came out of the White House, we were broke. In fact, we were in debt. And 16 years later, they're worth $100 million net worth. $100 million net worth. That's not $100 million that they've made. That's not $100 million they have. In the, that's net worth. That means take all their assets and subtract all their liabilities. After all the money that they spend on their lavish lifestyle and their chartered planes and all that stuff, and they're worth $100 million. Most people don't, don't amass $100 million in their lifetime. They did it in 16 years. Right. Well, not only that, but we've talked about this as well. I don't want somebody running the country who left the White House in debt. There's no reason for that. You know, that means you can't manage money. Kind of uh, where I was going with uh, Marco Rubio. He just mm. uh, just had gotten out of debt, thought he, thought uh, uh, eight years eight years uh, managing his money responsibly might be uh, might be good to have under his belt before well, he's he long goes. gone now Ed so let yeah, him know. he might he might be back right. he might be okay. back in eight years I'm All just right. trying to I'm just projecting out okay projecting out so uh so uh so then we go to um, Trump's response to the tax return thing I will release my tax returns against my lawyer's wishes when she releases her 33,000 emails that have been deleted. As soon as she releases them, I will release, I will release my tax returns. And that's against my lawyers. They say, don't do it. I, when the order's complete, I'll do it. But I would go against them if she releases her. I'd be more, I'd be more interested in it rather than seeing the 33,000 emails. I'd be more interested in seeing the the real books on the Clinton Foundation. Sure. Well, you can learn a lot, obviously. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good answer, though, to that question. Uh, I'll release the you release the emails. I'll release my tax returns. I like that. And this is uh, and that's the one time the emails came up. Yep. Um, and here here was Hillary's response. You know, I made a mistake using a private email. That's for sure. Um, and if I had to do it over again, I would obviously do it differently. Um, but I'm not going to make any excuses. It was a mistake, and I take responsibility for that. Mr. Trump? That was more than a mistake. That was done purposely. Okay, that was not a mistake. That was done purposely. When you have your staff taking the Fifth Amendment, taking the Fifth so they're not prosecuted. When you have the man that set up the illegal server taking the fifth, I think it's disgraceful. And believe me, this country thinks it's disgraceful. It really thinks it's disgraceful also. I thought he nailed it there. That was good. That, again, that was probably one of his highlights. He should have been He should have been nailing that the whole time. He should yes. have been, been nailing her. Every time she made a comment, he should have turned it to her emails to her uh, pay for play to Clinton her foundation Clinton foundation to yep. Benghazi to all the all the disasters that she's created or been a part of and uh he missed some great opportunities finally Trump was asked about the birther controversy of all stupid things for them to ask he should have said this is an important election why are we why are we uh dealing with this but uh for five years perp per uh, you perpetrated a false claim that the nation's first black president why do they keep Concentrating on the black president. Hey, you, he's only half black. He's only half black. But it's all, you know, when they talk about us being racist, hey, you know what? It's you guys that are keeping the race thing open. So 
You perpetrated the false claim that the nation's first black president was not a natural-born citizen. You questioned his legitimacy. In the last couple of weeks, you acknowledge that what most Americans have accepted for years, the president was born in the United States. Can you tell us what took you so long? Sidney Blumenthal works for the campaign and close, very close friend of Secretary Clinton. And uh, her campaign manager, Patty Doyle, went to, during the campaign, her campaign against President Obama, fought very hard. And you can go look it up and you can check it out. And if you look at CNN this past week, Patty Solis Doyle was on Wolf Blitzer saying that this happened. Uh, Blumenthal sent McClatchy, highly respected reporter at McClatchy, to Kenya to find out about it. They were pressing it very hard. She failed to get the birth certificate. When I got involved, I didn't fail. I got him to give the birth certificate. So I'm satisfied with it. And I'll tell you why I'm satisfied with it. That was because I want to get on to defeating ISIS. Because I want to get on to creating jobs. Because I want to get on to having a strong border. Because I want to get on to things that are very important to me and that are very important to the country. That was a good way to end it. That was a good way for him to sum it up. But you know what they said uh, when uh, Lester Holt said, uh, you've acknowledged what most Americans have accepted for years. I think what we've accepted is that there's nothing ever going to be done about it. So at this point, what difference does it make? I've heard that somewhere before. I think so, too. Yep. I think so, too. What but difference at this point does it make? Nice. You always got to add that clip handy, don't you? Um, I did want to throw in one thing, too. Obviously, what happened over the past week, Howard Dean uh, actually alluded to the fact that he thinks Trump's on cocaine. Well, he didn't say Trump's on cocaine. What he said was, hey, he sure sniffled a lot during the debate, implying that maybe that's because uh, he's using cocaine. Another despicable attack on the left. Look, let me say one thing. I grew up in Rialto. I know somebody was on crack when, when I hear it. This is what somebody sounds like when they're on crack. And we go to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Definite crack you said. Yeah, Definite crack you. That, that's a, that's a, that's, he's a crack whore. Yep. Yep. He's a, he's, you know what? <laughs> he's a redneck. You know, when they say it, if you hear it, someone says, say no to crack, it reminds you to pull up your pants. You might be a redneck. <laughs> So the day after the debate, all liberals were excited about Hillary's accusation that Trump harassed Miss Universe, which was another little line that we didn't just put in here, but uh, but let's hear it. One of the worst things he said was about a woman in a beauty contest. He loves beauty contests, supporting them and hanging around them. And he called this woman Miss Piggy. Then he called her Miss Housekeeping because she was Latina. Donald, she has a name. Where did you find her? Her name Where is did Alicia you find Machado. Where did you find her? Hillary's a pig. So Machado, who was Miss Venezuela when Donald Trump took over the Miss, Miss Universe organization, gained somewhere, the stories vary, between 35 and 60 pounds after winning Miss Universe title against the organization's rules. And, and keep this in mind that these people are having a contest for who's prettier. You know what? How life-changing is that? You know what? Hey, it's kind of like right up there with baseball for how uh, how you're changing the world. Let's have a beauty contest. So uh, so part of the rules, if you win if you win Miss Universe, apparently you're not allowed for the year that you're serving. You're not allowed to gain X amount of weight. So uh, she should ride a bicycle. Yeah, she should. So now Machado's campaigning for Hillary Clinton. Hmm, that seems like 
uh, Dink. I know, but so far no one has come forward to say they ever heard Trump call her Miss Piggy or Miss Housekeeping. Tuesday, Megan Kelly, who I'm not impressed, is 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 dragging this on. Megan Kelly asked Machado a simple question: Do you have anyone else who can verify your story? Seem to be denying the specific charges Hillary leveled, which is the language of Miss Piggy and Miss Housekeeping. Was anybody there to witness when he said those things to you? So here's Machado's response. And this happened 20 years ago. And, you know, um, I don't need to share this story if I don't believe that person is not the right person than being a president or trying to be a president. Huh? I'm not really sure what she said there. Well, I had no idea what she just said. But she know how to share it if she don't believe the nice person, the person who say something is the right person to be president. You know, it, uh, it didn't sound like much of an answer to me or you. And uh, Megan Kelly also asked Trump spokesperson Katrina Pearson, who she didn't think it, it uh, sounded much like an answer either. This particular charge is extremely important because as you asked her to back up the statement of what she said, did he or did he not? Are there any witnesses that can back up your claim of what he said? Because that's really what's catching fire here. As you mentioned, the mishousekeeping is what's really bringing on a really a worse connotation. Well, but Miss Piggy's bad too. And even this But she didn't back any of that up, Megan. And then she brought the conversation back around to something we do have on tape. Hillary Clinton laughing about her role getting a child rapist exonerated in 1975. But we are talking about things allegedly that Donald Trump said. Mm -hmm. Well, not what he actually said. A lot of this is on tape. Well, a lot of that's on tape. But calling tape. her those names, that's not on tape. And there are no witnesses. We need to be okay. focusing on actions like Hillary Clinton and what she did to that 12-year-old little girl that was brutally raped to the point to where she could no longer have children. That is something that's permanent, that sticks with a woman. And she laughed about it. Megan, where are we talking about this? I mean, I can't believe I'm actually, with all the things going on in the world, the Middle East is on fire. We've got bombings in New York, all the murders in Chicago. There's nothing more important than Donald Trump maybe calling somebody Miss Piggy. Does it, you see how stupid that sounds? And especially especially when you're talking about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, it, uh, people people evolve. I don't, I don't know. Are you the same person you were 20 years ago? No. And nor am I. Uh, you know, we evolve and, you know... I wouldn't want to be held responsible for all the things I said 20 years ago because I said a lot of dumb stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff that was hurtful. You know, we grow up. That's why we don't usually uh, elect people in their 20s because people that are in their 20s say a, really a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> but let, let me tell you a few things about this elite. This what's her what's her name? Machado. Uh, what's her first name? Who Alicia? cares? Don't, Whatever don't her name even, is. Whatever. Whatever her Who name cares? is. Alicia Machado. This is the Hakuna Phil, Matata. Hakuna Whatever. Matata. Means no worries. Okay, so uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is uh, who this woman is. Court documents in 1998. This is two years after she became Miss uh, Universe. Um, revealed that she drove the getaway car w when her boyfriend attempted to murder someone at a family funeral. That same year, Venezuelan judge said Machado threatened to kill him after she indicted her boyfriend for the crime. She threatened to ruin. Quote: She threatened to ruin my career as a judge and kill me. Judge Maximiliano. Fuin Fuin Mayor said on Venezuelan TV. By the way, the UK Daily also reported they found no evidence that Machado has told anyone else about Trump name calling uh, story in the last twenty years. But other than that, she's really nice. So in other words, it's just BS. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, you know, I know a couple couple uh, final points. Um, you know, I know Trump, one of the things he said was that Hillary Clinton has spent hundreds of millions of dollars. And basically at this point, the race is kind of a it's kind of a toss up. It's kind of a, a tie, more or less statistically. My advice to Trump is now go ahead and spend the money. If you got it, spend it. It's time to go all out. It's time to win the next two debates. It's time to start rallying the ground troops and making your case. And then we have uh, we'll have Julian Assange throw his uh, October October surprise. You know, there the 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 uh, corruption is so deep, so deep in the Hillary Hillary Clinton world that it's just. Who knows where it's going? Well, there's there's a lot of ammunition for him to use. Uh, again, he sounds really great on the campaigns that I've seen, little clips from various different states. Uh, there's a lot to go after. And, and some of the things that were effective from that debate, just small little comments, challenging her stamina. You know, the, the one interesting thing, too, one of my employees who's not really political, he's not like me, but one of the things that he said was, you know, he watched the debate and he's, he can go, you know, I mean, he's, he's not, he's going to vote for Trump probably, but he said, you know, I just can't picture her as the president. And I think that's kind of important coming from somebody who's kind of non-political. Can you really picture Hillary Clinton as the president? Does she have the stamina? No, I don't know if I have the stamina, Ed. I don't think I do. I mean, think about that job. Who'd want that job, Ed? Uh, I, I question why Trump wants it. And uh, and the stamina the stamina part, I completely agree with uh, that she doesn't have it. And and one one thing he missed, he, she goes, well, you know, I visited 112 com- countries and I and I and I did this and I did that and and I I test I was okay to to testify for 11 hours in a hearing, and that was such a beautiful pitch that Trump should have said, yeah, but. For 13 hours, when the guys were uh, when the guys were were fighting to to stay alive in Benghazi, you took a nap. Right. Exactly. Well, he's got plenty of time to uh, get some of those lines out there, and, and you know, and uh, put himself 10 points in. But it's obviously he's up against a big media machine that wants him to lose. So go Donald Trump. Hey, Sunday night, uh, the vice presidential debate. Uh, What's his name? Kane, Tim Kane against um, Mike Pence. Mike Pence. Yep. That should be good. And then uh, the following uh, Sunday, or the following, uh, what is it, Friday? I think so, yeah. Five days later on the 9th is uh, the next uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump. Can't hey, wait. we're all out of time. Thanks for joining me, Scott. All right, my pleasure, Ed. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and we'll be back again with you next week. Yeah.